Today on Standing Alone. See, the danger here is that when we start to look somewhere else besides the Bible for revelation, for teaching, it makes the Bible less reliable. When we start wanting to hear from God in other places other than where he has spoken, then in his word, it becomes very dangerous. We start to put imaginary voices or visions or feelings above the word of God. And that leaves us open to all kinds of bad beliefs, bad theology, even bad practices. You're listening to Standing in the Gap, standing for truth in a fallen world. Welcome to Standing in the Gap, Standing Alone with Josh Tompkins, a topical discussion designed to offer listeners a pastoral insight from a biblical foundation regarding a variety of issues in the world around us. I'm your host, Mike Cross. Today we'll hear from Josh about the dangers of reading so-called Christian books that look appealing on the outside, but are the farthest thing from the truth and are by no means edifying on the inside. From his series titled Spiritual Habits, this is part one of You Are What You Read, Bad Books. Let's listen in. Well, welcome to another episode of Standing in the Gap. I'm uh, glad you're tuning in, whether you're at home, on the road, or on a run somewhere around the Green Belt. I appreciate everybody that listens in. Uh, I don't know how many listeners we have. I hope we have several. But our goal here, whether it's one listener or a hundred listeners or maybe even a thousand listeners, is we want to be a blessing to whoever it is out there listening. We want to be helpful to you. We want to be edifying to you. We want to be informative. Uh, But most importantly, we want to honor Christ. That's our goal here with this podcast. That's our goal here with our sermons, with every ministry of our church, even the individual lives that we live. We want to honor Christ. So I hope you know that's our goal. That's what we're after here. And we hope we reach that goal. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our topic today. We're going to start a podcast series called Spiritual Habits. Uh, so we're going to be looking at probably over the summer, maybe with a few interruptions here and there with uh, topics that may arise that we need to talk about. But we want to start a series on spiritual habits because we know and we want you to know the importance of developing good spiritual habits. Uh, it, it will help us in our spiritual life to, to grow and to be all that God wants us to be. So we need to have good habits and not bad habits. We know that good habits are hard to form and bad habits are hard to get out of. So we want to, this summer, look at some ways we can develop good spiritual habits. And the first habit that we want to look at, we'll look at several over the next few months, but the main one we want to look at starting today is reading. Uh, I believe uh, that we are what we read. It's very important that we are readers. Um, And so I want to look at you are what you read. And we're going to start that today with some bad books, books not to read. Uh, But as we get going here today, I I want us to understand that we need to be readers. That's um, important for us, and we are a generation that has stopped reading. We don't read like we used to anymore. Um, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty for that. I would never do that. I don't want to make you feel guilty by listening to this, but it's just the truth. Everybody knows that. I say in the old days, people used to read more than they do now, and I understand that. There's things that take our attention. There's podcasts. Uh, maybe I'm not helping the reading habit very much by doing this, but I know it's easier listening to a podcast. It's easier to get on social media and to read Facebook or to read Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat. I understand that. There's games, video games. There's uh, games on your phones. Easily take our attention away from reading. Uh, we, we would much rather watch videos and not read books now. We'd rather get on YouTube and listen to someone talk than to actually read for ourselves. Uh, We'd much rather listen to uh, books on tape or books in the car than we would to read. 
Uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that every single one of us, me included, need to read more. It's good for us to read. Uh, reading is a good habit. It slows us down. Uh, we're not in a hurry. We have to sit and think, and it gets us to focus. Uh, it's very good for us to read, and that's all individuals. That's anybody that would be listening to this, but especially Christians. Christians must must be readers. God revealed himself to us in a book. He wants us to, to read. And I, I think that's important for me as a pastor, that we start out pastors start out preachers start out by reading you go to seminary and it's a non-stop reading for three years uh, you'll be reading history and um, biographies and commentaries and theology it'll go on and on and on so you start by reading and pastors are shaped by reading i believe we must always be reading charles spurgeon one of my favorite preachers had no formal college or seminary education but amazingly he had a past a personal library of over ten thousand books so God trains and he shapes his preachers through diligent reading. And I thank God for good books that we can read. But it's not just pastors that need to read. I think people in the pews need to read. Christians need to be readers. So I encourage my church, I encourage you as listeners to be readers. Uh, you don't have to read a lot. I'm not saying you need to read two books a week, but I, you need to read some. Two books a year, maybe. It'd be good for us. It'd be good for our soul. It'd be good for our mind. It'd be good for our heart to be readers. So now, the question that'll obviously come to me, I know this before I even get into this, what books do I need to read? I get that all the time from people in our church. They'll say, what, what should I be reading? If I walked into a Christian bookstore, if I walked into Lifeway, if I got online, Amazon, and I looked up Christian books, what sh where should I start looking? What should I start reading? Who's the author? What do I pick? And I, I, again, I get that question all the time. And my response is always, we need to be very careful. We can't just pick anything. We must guard our minds. We must guard our hearts. We must guard our souls. Uh, we be very careful about who you read, who you listen to, uh, who you follow, who you're around. These kind of things will have a big impact on who we are spiritually. So we need to read good books. We need to fill our minds not with garbage, not with junk, uh, not with poison, but with good books. And we'll look at that in the, and maybe in the next episode, but today I want to look at what not to read. Um, I'm going to go through three different sections, not today, but through this series, and we're going to look at good books, bad books, and the book. But today I want to look at and focus on what not to read. I'm going to give you some examples of books that you shouldn't be reading. And I want to be very gracious in this. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be um, angry about it. I just want you to be careful about what you're reading, what not to read, maybe even not who to read. These are bad books. Um, so, and I don't have time for all the bad books, but I'm gonna give you some examples of bad books. I'm gonna give you three examples, and this may offend some, but I wanna do it graciously. Uh, I wanna be very, as, as kind as I can be here. Number one, and I, I just Googled these, uh, top selling books in America, Christian books in America. And one of the top ones that come on the list, and, and this is me just, Googling is The Shack by a man named William Paul Young. And I think you guys know The Shack. I read The Shack several years ago when it first came out. Many have read it, and I think even more have watched it. It became a very famous movie. So it was a bestseller in that it had 10 million copies sold, one of the best-selling Christian books of all time, which is crazy. But it's also a blockbuster film. Uh, but let me say this. It was a bestseller. It was a blockbuster, but it was also bad. And here's why. 
First of all, let me tell you the story, and I'm not going to give you a whole synopsis of the whole story, but there's a man in the book, the main character, he's grieving over the kidnapping and murder of his seven-year-old daughter, which automatically at the very outset will grip your heartstrings. It'll get you into the story. It'll get you feeling sorry for this man. Uh, that's how they write. Uh, and he gets a summons from God, and they, he is told to meet God in a shack. And he meets God there. He meets the Trinity. And here's the Trinity is described as Papa, which is an Afri African-American woman, should be depicting, I guess, the Father. And then you have Jesus, who is depicted as a Jewish carpenter. And then you have the Holy Spirit, who is depicted as an Asian woman named Sarah Yu. And the rest of the book is a conversation between this man and the Trinity. And the God that we see in this story is very different than the man envisioned God to be, the God that he was taught about in church. Uh, so it's different than he thought, different than he expected, even different than the Bible says. So here's the problem. It's a great story, great story, bad theology. That's the problem. The picture we get of God here is definitely unconventional, entirely unbiblical, and it's even heretical. Um, and I'll give you more than that. It's not just the theology of who it depicts God to be, different than who God depicts himself to be. We understand that the only revelation we have from God, he has given to us. He gives us in his word and says, this is who I am. And any other vision of God or idea about God is a man-made image. So this is a man-made image of God. This is not who God reveals himself to be in the Bible. Also, throughout the book, you'll see Papa say, which again... It's supposed to be the Father, that Jesus is the best way of salvation, not the only way. We know that to be untrue, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets the Father but by me. So that's a bad theology. Papa also says there's no punishment for sin. That sin is its own punishment. If you understand what that's teaching, it's, it's not teaching the gospel, it's teaching karma. And then there's a time in the book where Jesus says, those who love me come from Buddhist backgrounds, Baptist, Mormon, etc. You've got to be careful of this. That's a universalism. That's all roads lead to God. That's, that's a very dangerous teaching there. So this obviously will cause, and I'm going to move on from this book. I don't want to spend a lot of time here. But this obviously causes a lot of confusion about what we think about God, what we believe about God, how we get to God, how we're made right with God. These are some important issues that the book is, is showing us, putting us, putting right in our faces. So in the end, I would say this is a book about a false god, a man-made image of God. And I know it is a fiction book, and people will watch it and say, it's just a story, don't be so hard on it. But the theology and the truth it portrays is bad and dangerous. I'm not saying don't read it. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm saying be very careful when you are putting into your mind bad doctrine and theology. So that's the shack. The second book I, I want to look at, and again, I just Googled these things. This is not me picking and choosing. I, this, is, this is me Googling. You can Google it yourself. Another book that is wildly popular is a book called Jesus Calling by a woman named Sarah Young. Another bestseller, sold over 10 million copies with sequels that have sold millions and millions more. I think the total that I saw as of yesterday was 15 million copies of that book plus her devotionals. And this book, Jesus Calling, is... Um, again, written by a woman named Sarah Young. She, uh, in her first edition of the book, she has an introduction where she says where this idea came from. And it came from a book that she found called God Calling, a book written in the 1930s. And this book is about listeners. And I know you're not watching me, but if you were, you'd be seeing, I'm doing air quotes, listeners, capital L. And these listeners are people who hear from God directly. They hear his voice, they hear from him audibly. And then they go out and tell others what he said. 
So she decided after reading that book that she would try it. She tried to listen to God with a pen and paper in hand, and she would write down what God told her. And she spent a month or so doing this. Again, this is the introduction of her original copy, the, the, the first edition. And so she wrote down all that she received from God and the uh, what she received, what she was told from God audibly became the book Jesus Calling and these other devotionals. So the problem with this is it should be easy. Christians believe the opposite of what she's teaching. We believe that God's word is, the Bible is, God's final, perfect, and sufficient revelation. And Sarah Young believes that this final, perfect, and sufficient revelation in God's word is not enough. She needs more. So this book is a blatant attack on the Word of God. Uh, to her, the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is not sufficient. She needs something else. She needs to add something to the end of it and say, God's speaking to me again. The Bible is directly opposed to all of that. And number two, it's an attack on Christ. If you read it, and I've read excerpts, I'll be honest with you, I've not read the whole book. I, I'm telling you today, don't read bad books. So I'm, I'm taking my own advice. I just read excerpts of it. And in those quotes, I saw, obviously, that Jesus, in the book, the one supposedly talking to her, sounded less like the first century God-man and more like a 21st century woman. Uh, it doesn't sound like Jesus in the Bible at all. It sounds like Sarah Young. It sounds like something she's wrote, wrote down. It's in her own mind. I'm going to go out on a limb here. and I'm not saying this to be mean, but it sounded like to me not so much inspiration of God, but the imagination of Sarah Young. See, the danger here is that when we start to look somewhere else besides the Bible for revelation, for teaching, it makes the Bible less reliable. When we start wanting to hear from God in other places other than where He has spoken, then in His Word, it becomes very dangerous. We start to put imaginary voices or visions or feelings above the Word of God. And that leaves us open to all kinds of bad beliefs, bad theology, even bad practices. We've got to be careful when anybody says, God told me, and they don't give you a chapter and a verse. So that's Jesus Calling. One more, and we'll, we'll move on. You've got to be careful with this next book, and I've seen this I didn't see this on Google, I'll be honest with you. This one I saw on Facebook. I scroll through Facebook every now and then. It's not my life. I don't live and breathe Facebook. Uh, I, I just occasionally when I'm not doing anything else, which is very rare, I'll get on Facebook and just scroll for a second or two, and then I'm off of it. Um, I, there's other things to be doing besides looking at uh, what people are eating and, and watching. Um, but as I was scrolling just randomly, one day, I, I come across several who had mentioned this book here uh, called Girl, Wash Your Face. And I saw the title and it was intriguing. I wanted to see what, what that was about. Several women had shared it. Um, and the, the, the author is a girl named, a woman named Rachel Hollis. And she's a newer person, but she's become very, 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 very popular. Uh, she's a down-to-earth, very funny, um, what I found there in, in looking up her book. She's very easy to read. She has very popular sayings. I saw sayings that say, I love Jesus and cuss a little. I love Jesus and drink a little. Uh, you know, these, these kind of sayings that have become popular in our culture and on social media. I like to say those, those sayings are the equivalent of, I love my wife, but I cheat a little. Um, I don't mean that to be mean. I mean that to be a little bit funny. Um, but we need to be careful um, with what she's saying there. She's gathered a following of millions, passionate, ready to fight. Uh, believe me, if you say one word about it, somebody's going to come back at you and, and fight you over it. 
Uh, but I want to be very careful with her. I want to be compassionate. I want to show grace. I want to give a benefit of a doubt. So I, I want to be do my best with this not to anger anybody that has read this and loved it. Uh, let me say this. First of all, she gives good life advice from life experience. Um, she's had a rough upbringing, a rough, rough life, very difficult childhood and experiences. And she gives some very good advice, um, very, very good advice at times. She talks about setting goals and pursuing those things. She talks about not being lazy. That's one of the uh, main pieces of advice I give people, that there's a lot of um, slothful people out there, lazy. Um, and she tells people, don't be lazy, work hard. She tells people to take, take care of themselves. I love the gym. I love working out. I love running. I love taking care of myself. That's good advice. So she does that. And even in those in that advice, she'll mention the Bible. She'll sprinkle in Jesus and faith. But the problem is, and again, you can read that. It's good advice in those areas. But the problem is, this is where it becomes dangerous. This is where it becomes bad in that something that sounds so good and mentions faith and mentions Christ and mentions the Bible will also sprinkle in a worldview that is very bad, very dangerous. And that's what she does here. Her worldview, the way she portrays things, is you first. Here's a quote from her book. You are meant to be the hero of your own story. You are. Uh, second quote, you should be very first in your life in uh, of your priorities. This is a self-love, self-care. You deserve to be happy. You deserve success. You are in charge. You are the center of the universe. This is that kind of advice that she gives, the, the perspective that she wants us to look at life through. And I know she's not writing to me. She's writing to other women. But the problem with this is, is that's entirely at odds with what Scripture teaches. Scripture will tell us that we need to, our true joy, our true peace, our true success, our true happiness is found not in loving myself, not in making myself my first priority, not in myself being the hero of the day, but the Bible says, and this is clear, that my true joy, my true peace, my true happiness, my true success will be found when I deny myself and follow Christ. Do you see the difference? A humongous difference between her worldview, which is me first, and Christ's worldview, which is me last. It's subtle. But it's very serious and can be very dangerous. So we've got to be careful with, with books like these. And, and I'll, I'll even go a step further with something she teaches. She also teaches an all roads lead to God doctrine. She shouts from the rooftops, and you can find these, these quotes. Uh, she says, just because you believe it doesn't mean it's true for everyone. She says, there's no right way, there's no wrong way, there's no religion that is better than the other. But again, I've already said it. What did Jesus say? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets to the Father but by me. So we need to be very careful in reading this book and books like it. Uh, they may be tr sprinkled with truth, but it's the false that gets into our system and in our mind that corrupts us. I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then, then I'm going to take a break. But when I was a kid, I had a hard time taking medicine that was nasty. So my mom and dad would take uh, a peel that had the medicine inside of it, and they would sprinkle the, open it up and sprinkle it in, in ice cream. I loved ice cream. Uh, chocolate ice cream, some of my favorite. Mayfield, love it. So they would sprinkle that in, in, on top of the ice cream, and I would take it and, and eat it. And I loved the ice cream. It was enjoyable for me. But what was really getting into, getting into my system was that medicine, that nasty-tasting medicine was getting into my system without me even knowing it. And that's what happens with a lot of these bad books. And I'm going to go over a few other things here in a second. But 
is they, they, they make it look so good. It looks like chocolate, strawberry, you know, all the best kinds of ice cream. But sprinkled inside of it is things that you don't even see, things you don't understand. And it's those things that are getting into your system. It may be sweet and colorful and tasty, but ultimately it's harming. This, this, these books are harming your system. So I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back and give you a few honorable mentions and then point you in the right direction. Here at West End Baptist Church, we offer a variety of outreach ministries, and we'd like to take an opportunity to let our listeners know a little bit about what all we've got going on. From 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. every Thursday, everyone is welcome to come and visit our clothes closet where we offer a variety of apparel donated to us by our community. If you or someone you know are in need of clothes, come down and see us at the clothes closet. Again, that's every Thursday from 10 a.m. until 12 p.m. And remember, if you'd like to make donations, bring them by while the clothes closet is open. Please do not leave donations outside of the church when the clothes closet is closed. And as always, we are so thankful for all of your support. Don't forget about our feeding ministry, Mills of Love. On the third Thursday of every month from 4 p.m. until 7 p.m., we invite all of our community to join us for a warm meal and fellowship. Everyone is welcome, so if you're in the area and you'd like a warm meal, stop in and see us and bring your family and friends along, too. We also want to let our listeners know about Refuge, our addiction support ministry. Every third Tuesday of the month from 6 p.m. until 7 p.m., we host a warm and friendly opportunity to meet our church family as well as others who may be suffering from the clutches of an overpowering addiction in life. We understand how devastating this can be to you and your loved ones, and we are passionate about helping people find the right path to recovery. So if you or anyone you know are suffering from an addiction of any kind and you don't know where to turn, let us help. Everything at Refuge is kept strictly confidential, and our doors are open to everyone. For a detailed list of these as well as other outreach ministries, check out our website at www.westmbsg.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. Okay, we've already went over three of, of the books that are bad. Now I want to give you more. I want to give you some honorable mentions. Uh, I like doing that. I know I can't cover all the bad books that are out there. I wish I could. I've already went longer on this one than I wanted to. But let me just give you a few honorable mentions, and I won't spend a lot of time on these. But um, number one, these are all honorable mentions. These don't go to the top of my list, um, and that's my list, my, my prerogative there. Uh, number one on the honorable mention list is Joel Osteen. And I know I need to be careful with this one. It could make people mad, angry. But if uh, his his book um, and books that he that he writes, your your best life now, um, and he's wrote many others. I would say any book by Joel Osteen is is not a good book. It's a bad book. Uh, his theology is wrong. His doctrine is off. Uh, you need to be very careful with his worldview and the way he portrays things. The second one. And I, I see this all over the place, especially in churches. Pastors preaching series is on this book. Uh, they're doing Bible studies on this book. Uh, the Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. I don't have time to get into that one. I won't, I won't explain it. Uh, it's, very, it's not even close to being biblical. He got it from an extra biblical book. Uh, but you need to draw a circle around the Circle Maker and don't read it. Anything and Everything by Joyce Meyer. She is, um, if you just want to Google her, you'll find some of the most heretical teachings uh, that in the world today uh, found in her writings and her teachings the prophecy nuts that's that's our fourth one people like john hagee and perry stone who, th who live and thrive on predicting the end of time giving visions giving signs they're always telling you when when this is going to end and when that's going to end john hagee wrote a book just a few years ago on the four blood moons predicted that time was going to jesus was going to come back in like 2017 and here we are today and he's still selling books i don't understand that 
But let's move on. Heaven Tourism books. There's a bunch of these now. Lifeway actually sold some of these, and there's actually a boy who come out um, and told told Lifeway, my story's not real. I made it up, and they're still selling those books. So you got to be careful with those books. If you want to know about heaven, read the Bible about heaven. So that, that's some honorable mentions there. I could give more, but I won't. And I know what some of you are saying as I close out this episode. I, I get it. Some of you are saying I'm being mean. I'm, I'm being too harsh. I'm, I'm being a, a doctrine police. And let me say this as I end this today. I'm not the doctrine police. Nobody has ever given me. It might be nice. If somebody would give me a badge and let me go around flashing a badge and saying, you know, pull people over and correcting their theology like a cop would with somebody speeding, um, that's not my job. That's not my place. I'm not the doctrine police. I don't want to be the doctrine police. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm also not into discernment ministry. That's not my job. I am not going to pretend to be the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's job to give you discernment. It's the Holy Spirit's job to give you conviction. It's the Holy Spirit's job to show you right from wrong. If you are a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit, that's not my job. I'm not going to be the one to prick your conscience. That's not me. So I'm not the doctrine police. I'm not into discernment ministry. My job is just to point out danger. Uh, as a shepherd of my flock, I'll point out the dangers out there and show them to proceed with caution, tell them to exercise their own discernment, to show them that not everything that calls itself Christian is Christian, to show them that not everything in the, in the Amazon Christian category is Christian, to show them that not, they can't trust every book in Lifeway. You can't. Some of the f- books they put on the front shelf as you walk in the door are not good books. They're bad books. And, and I want to point out these dangers and let you be able to tell the difference yourself. And ultimately, I want to point you to the Bible. Because we need to read the Bible. We need to know the Bible so that we can carefully evaluate everything we read in light of its perfect and unchanging truths. A book is only as good as the extent at which it lines up with the Bible. With the perfect, infallible, inerrant, sufficient Word of God. So read good books and stay away from bad books. And until next time, this is Josh Tompkins with Standing in the Gap. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at www.westendbsg.org. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at West End Baptist Church. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time for another episode of Standing in the Gap.